on 102.4 FM, across Rotherham, online, on your mobile, and on your smart speaker. This is Red Road FM. Welcome back to the final part of this week's show. And earlier this week, myself and Kieran caught up with former middleweight boxer, now manager Adam Etchers from Sheffield, who joined us to talk about his boxing career and his ventures into management with boxers Dante Dixon and Shaquille Thompson. We are delighted to be joined by Adam Etchers. Adam, thank you for joining us. Hiya. No problem. Great to have you on, mate. Great to have you on. And uh, obviously, we'll talk about a little bit about your career and, and obviously your boxing career and, and winning the title that you won, the IBF middleweight international title, and talk about some of the big fights in your career and, and, and into now, obviously, the, the managing and the, and the uh, training that you're doing now after. Uh, for those people that don't know, obviously, you had, you had 22 fights. 20 wins, 2 defeats, 17 knockouts, so a bit of a big... Tell us a little bit about your career. Yeah, I had a good career. Um, I miss I miss it. Um, like I said, I had 22 fights, 20 wins with 17 knockouts, so I had a good career, I had a good run. Um, but my ultimate goal was to become a world champion, obviously. That didn't happen. Um, not everyone can be a world champion. Um, uh, but I'm content, you know, I... I give it my all, and I came up just short. But now I'm gonna put that same energy and same drive into the kids that I'm managing and who I'm gonna be training as well. So I'm still involved in boxing, so that's good. And like I said, I've had a good career. It's just time to help the others out and pass it on to them now, really. Obviously, you had some big nights fighting at the Sheffield Arena, didn't you? You obviously fought at the Sheffield Arena. Like I say you won that IBF middleweight international title. And then, obviously, you retired at a, 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 quite a young age. Just give us a little bit of an explanation of, you know, what made you retire and, and how difficult a decision that was. Yeah, to be honest, it were an accumulation of things, to be honest. Um, the main reason, my hands and my eyes. i got bad hands and bad eyes. So, and after, you know, after getting beat, it was almost like a, a rebuilding process. And I just thought, well, how bad my hands were, and how bad my eyes are, I thought, by the time I'm ready to rebuild, it's probably probably going to be worse. So I just decided, you know, to call it a day after the John Ryder fight, to be honest. Yeah, and after, obviously, Dan just mentioned there, you retired at a young age, you've got into managing. Was that always the plan, or was there any other options, say, like, go down the media sort of route, or was it always managing and, and promoting? Um, no, to be honest, you, you you could you can pursue pursue whichever side of it you want. But I love the boxing, and the the, the managing you you you're a part of the journey. Um, I know, I suppose the TV, the pundits is, is a good is is a good job as well. But you can't do both, um, or it's difficult to do both, should I say? I know Dave Caldwell and a few other lads seem to manage to do both, but I want to concentrate solely on the boxing and the boxers. Obviously, you work with two young Sheffield boxers. So was it always a passion of yours to try and work with you know, local lads, local Sheffield lads to try and you know take them on the same journey that, that you had yourself in boxing? Yeah, to, to be honest, I want to work with anybody who I feel can get to where I thought I was going to get to, as in or anyone who I think has got the ability to become a world champion, I want to work with them. I'm not naive um, in thinking that they're all going to be world champion because they won't be, you know, they, 
everyone can't be a world champion. But if they've got um, the the talent, and you know they listen to they listen to what I'm saying with the plan and the trainer, you know, then they've they've got a good chance of doing it. And I'm like I say, I'm I'm excited for the lads that I've got to be fair. The two lads that you work with for just just to fill everybody in is obviously Dante Dixon from Sheffield. He's signed with Matt Room and Eddie Earn, isn't he? And then Shaquille Thompson with Frank Warren and Queensbury. Yes, um, I've also got another lad as well, uh, Levi Smith. He's signed with uh, Al Siesta, a Siesta Promotions. So he's he's a good lad. He's had one fight, one win. Um, so he's he's doing well as well. So yeah, it's, I've got three lads that I manage, and they're all they're all. They all seem to be doing well. Just tell us a little bit about how you came across those three lads and how you came across working with them and obviously got involved with working with them. Well, I'm, I'm good friends and quite close to their trainer, Roger. Um, when I were an amateur, he was like a rival gym to ours. Because I, I didn't train with Roger myself, but I've always known him. You know, he's, he's, a, nice, he's a nice bloke. He's a, a family family friend as well so um, I, I bumped into him one time while it was literally when I was pondering over carrying going or retiring I bumped into him and he said um, I've got these kids and they're very very good and he mentioned Dante mentioned Shaq and then uh, went from there really I went I went to watch them train went to see what they were doing and like what I saw and gone from there doing well to be fair yeah, obviously you mentioned the lads there. We saw Dante Dixon on Sky. You know, I think I know he impressed me and Dan. I think you're a bit overcritical of himself actually on the Sky interview. I think Sky said he was a bit overcritical, but we were very impressed. Um, what's next? First up for Dante, and then the other two, obviously the other two lads as well. Dante, but to be honest, all of them with the pandemic and everything, what's going on, boxing's not how it should be. Everyone's looking for dates. Everyone, Dante's going to be out March, April. Same with Shaq and Levi. I think Levi's going to be fighting in March in Belarus. A show over there. Has it so, made it? Oh, go on, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a waiting game, really. I'm I'm working. I'm talking to people. I'm trying to um, get get everybody out and keep them all busy. But it's it's hard with the pandemic. But I'm sure I'm sure they'll get there. Yeah, that's what I'm just going to ask. How, how hard has it been with pandemic and everything? Because obviously, boxing just we just seen boxing return uh, last weekend with Josh Warrington show. But how hard has it been to get the, you know, the lads like you've mentioned out? Yeah, it's hard because for the the top kids, it's not hard to get them out because you know everyone wants to see the big names. Your your Cal Brooks, your Josh Warrington, your Anthony Joshua's, your Tyson Fury's, your, your top top names. People still want to see them fight, but your smaller kids. You know, your Shaqs, your Dantes, your Levi's. There's not that many slots on an undercard, whereas there might be eight fights on a bill. Now there's only five. So there's there's less shows, less fights, and it it is more difficult to get them on. But thank God we're managing to to get them out and keep them busy. I think it's touching that point, Eddie Ernst, hasn't he, that there's no easy fights at the minute and, and people can't have, a, obviously, tune-up fights and things like that. How hard is it, like I say, to, to match Dante, Shaquille and Levi, you know, to, to match them correctly now because you don't want to throw them in to a step up too early, do you? But obviously, at the minute, there's, like I say, there's not those fights there, is there? 
No, it's difficult. It's like um, it's a no-win situation being in where I am because if you if you match them too hard and they get beat, you've 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 failed. If you give them an easy fight, they should step up fast. So it's it's a bit of a juggling act. But the the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is rush rush a boxer um, too fast. But then, at the same time, if you if you leave them at the same level for too long, they can go stale, and someone could perhaps beat them that shouldn't beat them. So it's it's kind of it's a bit of a juggling act, and it depends on the boxer. Like Dante, for example, I think he'll be ready to to go sooner rather than later because he's 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 well developed, um, he's older than his years, he's he's a skillful boxer. Um, it, it ticks all the boxers. Whereas Levi is a bit younger. He's got he's got the same ability, same talent, but he's a little bit younger, a little bit less developed. So you, you take your time a bit more with, with kids like that. But like I said to all the lads who I manage, it isn't how how you're doing now or how you're doing next year. It's how you're doing at the end of your career when you've finished. You know. If you get out of it in one piece, you've earned a few quid, and you've had some good, you know, entertaining nights, and you know the fans have liked what you've what you've done and what you've achieved. Then, then you've won. So, it's um, yeah, it's it's just a balancing act. Just got to get that balance that balance right between the hard fights, the tough fights, and the, the right development. Before the pandemic, we were seeing um, Dante fighting, obviously Sheffield on a Kel Brook undercard, and then obviously fought in the pandemic on a, on a big card in, in Billy Joe Saunders, Martin Murray, and then Shaquille's fought on, in Sheffield as well, isn't he, on a Kel Brook undercard, and he's also fought on a couple of Josh Warrington undercards isn't he, in Leeds. How good an experience is it for, for the young fighters, you know, to fight in on stages where the, the big events, big fights, and obviously with when the, before the pandemic, sorry, big crowds in as well. Yeah, it's good because it it gives them the the experience, and you can do all your training you want in gym, and you can have all knowledge and right team, and you can have everything, but nothing beats the experience. Actually, going on there yourself under them big bright lights, um, big shows where you're on TV, you're under pressure. It, it that's the best way to learn, and up to now they all seem to be handling it well. What would you say is, you know, how, how far would you say that, bo- that both fighters can go? Levi as well also, how far can you say that Dante, Shaquille, Levi can go? You know, I mean, you've said about obviously Dante being um, obviously a really skillful fighter and so on. Can they reach the top level? Can they reach world level? I on- I honestly think every single one of them's got the ability to do it, make it to world level. Like I say, I'm not going to be naive and say that they're all guaranteed to do it because they're not, but... All the all, all of the three lads, they've all they're all capable of becoming world champion. It's just you know how how it goes from there on. Obviously, I'm gonna give them the chances and the opportunities, open as many doors as I can for them. But it's down to them to get in there and come up with a come up with a goods, do the business. And then Billy Joe Saunders, we spoke about, he's involved with Dante, and he's in part of the team with Dante. Just how big uh, an influence is that for him, to, for Dante to have, you know, somebody like Billy Joe Saunders at world level? And I think Shaquille's um, sparred with him as well, hasn't he? Just, you know, what great experiences is that for, for the fighters to have? 
No, it's brilliant. Like, I remember my career only seems two minutes ago when I first turned pro. Ricky Atten with Mark looked after me and it's like, he's a legend. He's a legend of the sport, a legend of the game. He's got good experience. He's got a lot of pull in boxing at the moment. So having someone like that behind you and backing you and, you know, looking out for you, it's it's a big thing. So... He's got the right team around him. He's got he's got a cracking trainer. He's got good manager, good promoter. It's down to him now to go in there and get the job done. We say that's important. Like the the more quality, say sparring, for instance, like Shaquille sparring Billy Joe, and I'm sure Dante sparred big fighters as well. Is the more quality sparring they get prepares them for, you know, for uh, the bigger fights as they, as they go through uh, through the division. Yeah, the sparring is very important. It is very important. I think the sparring as well tells you a lot about the fighter that you're working with. Because if if you're going to um, develop someone in a slower manner in the career with the fights, that it doesn't mean to say that, that you can't give them hard sparring. Because obviously a, a, a good a beating in sparring, I don't think, does you any harm. Obviously, I know you don't want to be... Um, getting beat up every time you spar because that's not good either. You'd be, you know, you'd be blowing bubbles if, you, if you're getting beat up every time you spar. But if you have tough spars, how do you come back from it? You know, If they come back good and they want to do it again, you know that they've got what it takes um, with the grit and the courage. Whereas if they have an hard spar and they don't, they don't really like it and they don't want to come back, you know that boxing is probably not their thing and but with Shaq and Dante and, and Levi as well they all they all want the tough the tough fights the tough challenges and they, they're a joy to work with to be honest and obviously you said that we'll see them around March it's in, uh, March April time did you say or they might be back out April time was it yeah Mar- March April time um, I think Levi will probably be the one who's out first in March. I'm just waiting on his date getting confirmed. Um, and then Shaq, Shaq and Dante will be end of March, beginning of April. So it, they're just they're, they're training hard now. They're, they're sparring. They're getting ready for the they're getting ready for the fights. Although it's not penciled in, it's you know they are going to be fighting on them dates. So they've got to keep ready and when that date comes, make sure they're ready to fight. Is it one of those as well, like, obviously referring back to Eddie Hearn again, but he said that fighters have got to stay ready at the minute. Obviously, they've because with COVID pullouts and, and so on, is it is it important that they stay ready so that if an opportunity does come up, you know, they can take it? 100%. And I think, I know it's bad, but the things that have happened in boxing lately with the results, and a lot of the, a lot of the kids, like, you know, Josh Warrington last week, um... It, 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 it's turned it upside down so they think you know we, we've we got to be on it because you know anyone can win if, you, if you're not training 100% that guy that guy's going to beat you so it's a bit of a a reality check and a wake up call to say look make sure that you are ready when that phone rings because you know I know too well there's nothing worse than get having a fight when you're not ready I'm just going to say, I also touched on Billy Joe a little bit. Been his, um, been Dante's manager. He's obviously got a big fight coming up. It's not, I know it's not being confirmed yet, but it looks like he's going to fight Canelo. 
yeah. from obviously from the fans, it's, it's going to be a massive, massive ask. But how much of a chance do you give him, and do you think he can go over there and do it? To be honest with you, I'm, you know, not just saying it because he's my pal. I think Billy, Billy, can beat Canelo, and I can, I think he could beat him pretty well. But whether he gets a decision or not, because Can- Canelo at the minute. Canelo's the new Mayweather. He's the face of boxing. So, you know, he'd have to he'd have to beat him comfortably to beat him, if that makes sense. But yeah. if anyone if anyone can do it, Billy can. Do you know what I mean? There's no one. There's no. It's be a different ball game um, to the Callum Smith fight. Billy won't stand there and let and let Alvarez tee off. He'll he'll be moving and. Make it awkward and hard work for him. Yeah, I think it would have to be probably career best, wouldn't it, from Billy Joe to beat him? But I think would you say would you agree? Probably the Lemieux fight is probably his best um, career performance. If you do something like that and a bit more, I, I, I agree with you. I do think he's got a good style to beat him. Yeah, the thing with Billy is he's got to have these fights to get to to be on his best game. Like if you yeah. look back at Billy's career. Like when he boxed Eubank, obviously Eubank, he's not a bad fight. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's bad because he, you know, I, I was in my sort of level. I didn't even achieve to what Eubank's achieved. So I'm not gonna be disrespectful and say he's not good. But Billy knew he had the beating over Eubank. He knew that, to be honest, Eubank couldn't lace Billy's gloves. But when that's when that's in your head. You cut corners in training. You don't do the runs when you, you you're, you're a bit slack with weight. You think, oh, I can beat this guy. Stood on my head, and obviously the Eubank fight were a lot closer than what it should have been for that reason. Whereas the Lemieux fight, when Billy boxed Lemieux, there were a lot of people who thought Lemieux were going to beat Billy up, and probably stop him. But I knew that. Bit that Billy had to be on it, he were on it, and to be honest, he didn't he didn't lose a round. He, he stood him on his head, mm. and I think I know I know Canelo's better than Lemieux, but I do think Billy will be at his absolute best, and he'll have to be to 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 beat him. But you know, I wish him more looking well, and I I think if anyone can do it, Billy's the man. It'd be hard, wouldn't it? Like you say, it's something you'll be on think of the mile. They think not the over in America, and like you say, getting a decision is going to be difficult, isn't it? And just touching on decisions, you know, we saw the decisions at the weekend and the scorecards at the weekend. As a manager of a fighter and an upcoming fighter, does that worry you with the kind of scorecards that we saw at the weekend in the Barrett Martinez fight? You know how how wide they were, and probably how, from in many people's opinion, how wrong they were. To be honest, it's just boxing. That is boxing. It's not good. But that is it is how it, it is what it is. Um, that's why if you can if you can get in there and not leave it to judges, that's the best way to do it. Because then you know, no matter what, you, you've won. If you if you knock someone out, you can't lose, can you? But yeah, your answer to your question, it, it is bad. I mean, even Eddie Eddie himself said. After after the fight last week, that what's what's happening with this judging? What's happening with the scoring? It's it's a bit of a disgrace. So, if the promoters saying it, then you know that tells you everything what you need to know. But 
it's always been like that and it always will be like that. It's just somehow, somehow you've got to overcome it and, you know, take matters into your own hands. It's always subjective, isn't it, as well, scoring and people can always, like Eddie Earn said, I think that people can, well, if they hold them to account, they'll just give their thoughts on why they gave that decision, won't they, I suppose. So, I say it's a, it's a big problem, isn't it? Speaking of scorecards as well, obviously, uh, somebody that you know well, Kit Galahad, uh, he had a bit of a rough deal with the scorecard in the Josh Warrington fight, um, obviously many years ago, and he now gets that chance to fight for the IBF uh, featherweight title again, doesn't he, when he fights Jazza Dickens after the whole Warrington scenario. Can you see um, Kit Galahad getting the job done? Yeah, I think, to be honest, Barry, Barry should be world champion already. He beat, he beat Warrington that first time. But yeah. he'll have learned so much from that from that fight. Even though he didn't get the decision, he'll have learned so much from it. And I think if Barry and Josh were to fight again, I think it'd be a completely different fight. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure... But Barry's the most professional boxer I've ever trained with. As in... He's up constantly in gym. He's constantly training. You know, if if anyone deserves it through hard work, it's Barry because I've never seen any any boxer put as much work in in the gym as what Barry does. He's the first one in and the last one out. And sticking with Sheffield fighters, if you you know a lot of the Sheffield fighters and have trained with them and so on. There's obviously Kel Brook, one of Sheffield's biggest fighters, obviously lost out to Terence Crawford in his last fight. He's, he's, things have gone a little bit quiet. Obviously, he's. Had a bit of, he had a bit of a falling out, to say, with, with Eddie Hearn and obviously with his matchup stuff and went and fought on a top-ranked show. Can you see um, Kel Brook coming back or do you think it, you know, it might be the end of the road for Kel? It's all down to Kel, to be honest with you. Um, if you look at the three the three guys that have beat him, Terence Crawford, Errol Spence and Golovkin, they are the best three boxers that are boxing today. So... It's not like he's been beat against bad opponents, but it just depends on, you know, how much Kel wants it, as in whether he wants to carry on or whether he's comfortable. I think if he can get that calm fight, that makes sense. Um, it's a big fight and it's what a fight what I think I think Kel would win pretty comfortably, but it's just whether he can get it across the line. Adam, thank you very much for coming on. We look forward to seeing uh, Dante and Shaquille and Levi getting out, obviously, when they can with the pandemic and hopefully in March, April time, like you say. It's been great to have you on, to have your insight into your career and into your fighters and obviously uh, some of the big fights that are going off as well. So thank you for coming on. No problem. A big thank you to Adam for joining us there and we look forward to catching up with Dante and Shaquille, hopefully on the show in the coming weeks. On 102.4 FM, across Rotherham, online, on your mobile and on your smart speaker. This is Red Road FM.